As we continue on in our service this morning, I know that a lot of what we're going to talk about as we continue on is going to seem just really, really familiar. Uh, Whether you're a a Christian and you've been a Christian for years and years and years, or maybe you're not a believer, but you've grown up in a Christian home and you're here because your mom and dad brought you here when you came to visit or whatever that is, or maybe you're uh, somebody who doesn't know Christ and you're coming to check this out for the very first time, for most of us, the things that we hear here are not going to be new to us. That Christmas is about Jesus and it's about his birth. And yet at the same time, I also know that it's easy for us to just let that familiarity make it seem like it's not something that is as, as glorious and amazing and astounding and should fill us with as much awe as it really should because we've heard it so many times. And so here's what I want to encourage you to do this morning. Whether you're here in the room or you're joining us online, which we're so grateful that you're doing that, I want to invite you, particularly if you're a believer in Jesus, to to try to take that familiarity and set it aside and try as best as you can to hear these things for the first time to try to step back into the story that God has given to us in Jesus that it's been told for thousands of years. And we're not the first church to deal with these things. Uh, like Christmas has been celebrated, or celebrated for, for thousands of years, literally. And so this is not a new challenge for us, but I want to invite you, step into the story, hear it, think about it, ponder what the realities of these things mean. And, and if you're not a believer in Jesus... I would simply ask you to ask the question as we go about our time this morning, what if this is all real? What if what what is being shared and what I see this morning is actually the most real thing there is in this universe? That it actually is reality. Like what if that is true? What should you do and what does that mean for your life and not just for your life, but what's going to come after your life? So I'm going to pray for us, and then I'm going to read some scriptures, and we're going to watch something, then I'm going to come back up and talk about it. But I want to encourage you to just try as best you can to enter into the story that God has given to us. Pray with me. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your gospel. That Christmas morning is about good news. It is about the gospel. It is about what Jesus came to accomplish, what he came to do, and what he did accomplish, and what he did do. And Father, for those of us who have trusted in him, those of us who have believed in him, we have a hope, a joy, and a peace that this world cannot give. And so this morning, I pray that as we look into your word, as we look into these things, that you would stir our hearts anew, afresh, that we would see things like like a child on Christmas morning sees all of the presents underneath that tree with just this excitement and wonder that this season brings. Lord, would you stir that in our hearts? And if there are those in this room or those listening that don't know you, Lord, would you open their eyes to see you maybe this, this morning for the very first time? I pray and I ask these things. In the name of Jesus, our Lord. Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. This is about Jesus. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound 
to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Isaiah chapter 9. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given. And the government, all rule, all reign shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, 
who are too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. Therefore, he shall give them up unto the time when she who is in labor has given birth, and he shall be their peace. A reading from the scroll of the prophet Micah. This one's good. Thank you. Thank you. Teacher, I have a question about the Messiah. I've studied Torah every day and... A shepherd wants to learn. Yes. Do you believe the Messiah will set us free from the occupation? Yes. He will make a great military leader. Are you sure? Just because... Last Shabbat, the priest read from Prophet Ezekiel, and he did not say... How dare you? I'm sorry, teacher. He is obsessed. You brought this animal? I said spotless. Spotless? Yes. These are for righteous men. For the perfect sacrifice. Very sorry. Very sorry. Very sorry. You wonder why the Messiah hasn't come? People like you keeping him away with your stains. If you come back here without a perfect lamb, I will banish you all from the marketplace. Now, come, come. I warned you about this. Are you deaf as well as lame? I'm sorry. We are not slowing down for you. You take this run back up to the hill and try and keep up. Or find your own way back. People who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divided the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder the rod of you his oppressor, you want to listen? No, this is a holy place. Please, you are filthy. Go! For every boot of Get the trapping warrior in battle tumult, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. 
strengthen the weak hands. Excuse me, friend. Could you point me to a well in this town? My wife hasn't had a drink in hours. At the other end of the square. Thank you, brother. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Here. Oh, thank you for your kindness. How far have you come? From Galilee, Nazareth. Don't say that too loud here. You know, they say, uh, Nothing good can come from... I know what they say about Nazareth. Don't worry, I won't tell anyone. Secret safe with me. Thank you for your kindness. And my name is Simon. Out of my way. We must go. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong. Fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute shall sing for joy. A reading from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. This way. Yes, well, next time, I would wipe my hands with his robe. Oh. He would faint. <laughs> a Pharisee is so cheap. When he writes his will, he names himself as the heir. <laughs> <laughs> and then he still doesn't get much. No. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, he's back. Uh. Hello, uh. Simon. Stay with the sheep. He is useless. Why do you keep him around? He's a good boy. Uh, you want some dinner? Finally. Aaron made dinner tonight, so nothing is cooked. Oh, yes. <laughs> the food is fine. It's my grandmother's recipe, so leave it alone. Yeah, then that is why your grandfather left. <laughs> Again and again. They take whatever they want. Oh, I wish that woman wouldn't have left the well. Oh, she was, she was very, very beautiful. pretty. Very pretty. Mm. She was very beautiful. Can I have my dinner now? Not with us. No. Your plate is over there. After what happened this morning, you sleep with the sheep tonight. And pay attention this time. And watch out for wolves. Watch out for the Pharisee. He might come after you. Mm -hmm. A Roman took another sheep yesterday. Simon, they're talking about the Romans again. But they cooked it right in front of me. You're, you're lucky. You're lucky you're not part of this conversation about Romans again and again. Let him to pay. Good pay. They take whatever they want. Let's talk about something else.
What will you name him? Jesus. We will name him Jesus. I must go. People must know. People must know. People must know. shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. I told you not to come back here. So where is it? Have you found a spotless lamb for sacrifice? days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town, and Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in that same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, fear not for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into the heaven, The shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. 
Then they went and with haste found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. You know, I hear this story, and I watch that little short film, and the statement that the shepherd made is, we've waited for this for so long. Like, I don't know about you, when you hear that, when you see that, I don't know what it does to you, but there's something that it does in me, uh, like, like the goosebumps and just the reality. We've waited for this for so long, and I, and I have to ask the question, and, and it begs the question, did they even really know what they were waiting for? Did the, did the shepherds even get it at that moment in time, what it was that they were actually in the presence of, who it was that they were actually in the presence of? Uh, like this is a moment in history where it could have easily gone by and nobody would have seen or heard or known anything. How many babies are born every day? There's babies in this room right now. And we don't know about it, we don't hear about it, we don't understand all this stuff. But this event, this moment, demanded heaven to break loose and angels to be sent forth to declare what was happening, to make sure that it wouldn't be missed. That it wouldn't be missed that the baby that we celebrate that came 2,000 years ago was no baby. Not, by, not only a baby. He was the very fullness of God, made flesh. The presence of God dwelling among us, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Brothers and sisters, what's amazing about that moment is he still holds those titles today. Well, they just think about that for a second. He still holds those titles today. He still reigns this Christmas. He has reigned every single day since that moment and to this day. And he will reign for all of eternity. Like he still reigns. This Christmas, it's not about the past. It's about the present and it's about the future. It's about the future of the king. You know, Jesus came for a reason. Sometimes we miss that when we think about the manger and we think about Christmas, but he came for a reason. Like he wasn't just a nice guy who happened to live a pretty good life that made an impact on this world. He wasn't someone who just came to give us some good teachings so that we would hear those and learn how to treat each other better. Like he wasn't like you and I, who we kind of just meander on through life, like coming and taking the things as they come to us day in and day out. Jesus was born as the fullness of God with a mission and a purpose. And that purpose is a purpose that had been laid out from the very foundations of the world that had been known and understood to him. And he is declaring that to us. And this is so important that we remember that he came for a reason. He came for a reason. 
The manger led to the cross. The cross led to a tomb. The tomb led to the throne. And the throne is going to lead to a supper, a feast, a new heaven, a new earth, a new life, and eternity. Without any of those things, Christmas means nothing. It's just another baby. But he was far from just another baby. Like, this is our hope. This is all that Christmas means for us. It's everything for us. It's one of the reasons I'm so excited to step into 2023 because we're going to be jumping into the book of Revelation early in 2023. And the book of Revelation reminds us that the lamb who was slain sits upon the throne. Amen? The lamb who was slain, like he is going to fulfill all of history. He has the power to bring about all of the fulfillment of history. And in that process, to bring to himself a people of his own possession, a reconciled people, a redeemed people, an adopted people, sons and daughters, brothers and sisters, new citizens of a new kingdom. This is the king we worship on Christmas morning. It's interesting. Jesus divided history, didn't he? Now, we always think about that in terms of the division of um, B.C. and A.D., but it's so much more than that. You know, all of history is moving to one particular end. Now, oftentimes, it's easy for us to think of that end being the end of our own lives, that moment where we close our eyes, where we, uh, we part from, depart from this world, and we think, well, okay, that's the end. No, no, history is moving to a different end. And that end that all of history is moving towards is all of God's created men and women standing before the throne of God. Now here's where this is important for us. Because in that moment, when it comes, not if it comes, but when it comes, there and there alone is where we will see the ultimate division of history. Because when we stand before that throne without Jesus we will stand condemned. Like when we stand before the throne of God, when we stand before that moment of judgment without Jesus, we are all in our sin. We are all in our rebellion. And you may say, well, I don't know what that means. Like, what are you talking about with sin? Like, like I don't even believe in sin. Well, here's what I know. Even if you're here and you say, I don't believe in sin, you have to look at the world and see this place is a mess. It's broken, it's hard, it's full of suffering and challenge and difficulty, and that is part of sin. But sin is in us. It is a rebellion in us. From the time we are born, we want to sit upon the throne of our own lives and say, God, you do not rule me, I will rule me. And we live that, and we walk that, and we will stand before the throne of God condemned for that. There's two deaths. There's the first death we will all walk through. But there is a second death. And that's the bad news. The good news is Jesus. The good news is what he came to do. What he came to accomplish. What he came to provide for us. 
that God in his love sent Jesus to begin a time of favor. That's what Isaiah 61 talked about. This is the time of favor. This is the time of his patience that would allow for an opportunity, an open door for a different side of history to be available to us. Like, like we don't have to be condemned through Jesus we can go to the other side of history and move on in life and a new life and a new heaven where he reigns. Like that's the good news, that through his death, through his resurrection, Jesus is providing a way to buy us back out of that one side of the story into a new life so that when we stand before the throne and we have nothing to say and we have no excuses to give and we have nothing to to argue against the accusations that are being made to us, we have Jesus who will sit there and say, that one, that one's mine. That one's mine because they trusted me. And they trusted in my blood and they trusted in my righteousness and they trusted in me to walk them and lead them in life is the way and the truth and the life. Like they laid themselves down to follow after me. That one's mine. I paid the debt for their sins so they don't have to. They get new life. That is the great division of history. And there are only two sides to history. Will you be on the right side of history or will you be on the wrong side of it? Like that is the question that Christmas ultimately pays or or, or points to and reminds us of. And brothers and sisters and those listening, the baby in that manger, he grew up And he went to the cross and he died so we wouldn't have to. He went to the cross to die a physical death so that you and I, even though we will die a physical death, we won't have to die a second death because he paid our debt. And that debt, that cost him dearly, didn't it? And when we look at the manger scenes in our minds and we see this cute, chubby little baby with like perfect skin, And I don't know about you, but I don't picture him crying and screaming for food or all those types of things. He just seems to always be perfect, right? And he's kind of glowing in our mind's eye. Like when you think about that, don't forget that that little tiny baby and the cute little chubbiness of that baby ultimately ended up with his purpose and his goal to stand in front of Pilate and have that same flesh torn for us. That same body nailed to a cross for us. But again, the story doesn't end there. That wasn't the end of Jesus' story. That wasn't the end of what his accomplishment was. This baby, Jesus, had the power to take up his own life and defeat death and promise and prove that he and only he can snatch us out of the jaws of death. Again, this isn't the first death but it's a promise and a guarantee to save us from the second death and the resurrection. He is going to defeat death. Those in him, those under him, those who have declared him to be Lord and trusted in him, they will end up on the right side of history. All others will find that the time of his patience, his favor, his mercy, his grace, and his love in that moment It's over. If you don't know Jesus, 
I don't, I don't know why you're resisting him. I'm sure in your head you've got a lot of reasons as to why. And maybe there's some good reasons. Maybe you were hurt really bad by someone who claimed faith. Maybe you're just full of doubts. Maybe you're just full of fears. Maybe, maybe at the end of the day, you, you just don't want to lay down the opportunity to do what you want to do and to live the life that you want to live. Whatever it is, I want to help you see and I want to communicate to you and proclaim to you that the good news that is available to you today, to all of us today, is that we can enter into his rest, his promise, his hope, his joy, and his peace. Jesus said, not, not Darren, not Central Christian Church, but Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He also said that all who come to him, he would never turn away. He won't lose any that have come to him. The baby that we celebrate this morning is the same baby who says, come, follow me. Come take up your cross. You get off that throne. Invite me to sit upon it. And you will find rest and joy and peace and love and salvation. Like I said, I don't know why you might resist. But I will know and I do know this. That if you don't believe that there's anything after death, then what hope do you have other than to just live for some pleasure here? But if there is something after death, how can you be assured that when you stand before that throne, you'll be on the right side of history? Jesus is how. And I hope you find that joy, that joy and that trust and that peace today. We're going to close our time as we celebrate Christmas with communion. I can't honestly think of a better way to celebrate Christmas. A moment to remind us that the manger did lead to the cross. And I'm really glad that it did because if it had stopped there, just at the manger, we wouldn't be celebrating. But the manger led to the cross and I'm glad the story didn't stop at the cross because we wouldn't be celebrating. The cross led to a tomb. And aren't you glad that the story didn't end at the tomb? If it had ended at the tomb and he was still in the tomb, we wouldn't be celebrating. And that ultimately is the greatest question. Whether you doubt or don't doubt, like you have to deal with the claim that Jesus was not in the tomb anymore. Because if he raised from the dead, then there's something after death. It has to be. And I'm so glad that the story didn't end at the tomb. It didn't. It continued. And he now sits upon the throne, but the story doesn't end at the throne. At the right hand of God, he is going to come again. And he will bring into his kingdom all who have put their trust in him in that moment. And all who have put their trust in him will reign with him for all of eternity in a new heaven, in a new earth, with new bodies, new life, one that will never end again. And we will celebrate the marriage supper of the Lamb, which is what this points to, this being communion. This is the hope of Christmas. This is why we celebrate Jesus died 
so we could have hope, so that we could have life, so that we could have eternal life in him and be reconciled back to the Father. The manger to the cross, the cross to the tomb, the tomb to the throne, the throne to the supper in a new earth and a new heaven. This is the hope. If you're a believer in Jesus this morning, I hope that this morning has stirred you to ponder the wonder of what Jesus has accomplished for us. And if you're not a believer this morning, I hope that it has made you question and ask, what if it is all real? And I hope and pray that you find the same joy and salvation that is available to all men and women who come to Christ and that those of us who have found Christ have found. Not a perfect world, not a perfect life, but a hope of a perfect world and a perfect life and a hope of relationship with him. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this morning. And we thank you for Christmas. We thank you for all that it means. We thank you that so many years ago, you saw fit in the fullness of time to send your son, who is the very fullness of who you are, who embodies who you are, not to just come to the manger and proclaim good news, but to proclaim good news and secure that good news by going to the cross and dying to pay my debt and the debt of every other man and woman since that moment who have put their faith and trust in you to pay that debt and to defeat death, to be able to snatch us up because we would doubt it otherwise, but we don't have to doubt it because he rose from the dead. We can be assured that he has the power to raise us from the dead. And because he has spilt his blood and he has sealed us with his promise, we have the assurance that when we stand before your throne, we will be declared blameless, not because we are, but because he is and he has given us his righteousness. Glorious day, Father. May we celebrate that this morning. May we be reminded of that this morning. And I pray that you would open the eyes of any who does not see it, that they might come to find salvation. Lord, bless the rest of our day. May it be full of good times and laughter and joy and good food, but may all of it in our hearts point to you. I pray and ask these things in your name.